Hello, world singers. My name is Tyler. And my name is Brooke. And this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations. Conversations. Welcome back to another episode for Tress of the Emerald Sea. Have loved the responses for this book club episode. All of these episodes for the book club are brought to you by our patrons. We have had such a great community of people helping us out on the Patreon. And these book club episodes were a patron idea and our patron exclusive. Right now, we are having the Frugal Wizards Handbook Book Club going on with the patrons only. And for this Trust Book Club, we wanted to give a shout out to some of the patrons that made it possible. We'd like to shout out one of our newest patrons, Alicia, who just joined in order to connect with people about the Cosmere and support the podcast. We really appreciate you, Alicia. We do put a lot of time and effort into these episodes. Mostly it's for fun, but it's honestly super appreciated to get the support that we do on Patreon. Another patron is Matt M, who threw out a suggestion recently that got some interest over on the Patreon about doing YouTube Q&As. Everybody get together asking questions of us, but also kind of brainstorming stuff together as just a group of super nerds having Cosmere conversations. Yeah, doing more live events. We're certainly, we've got a lot of fun ideas sort of percolating for cool events, live events that we'll be doing with our patrons coming up soon. And so if you want to be part of things like that, or the Cosmere Fellowship Draft that we did recently, you can join anytime at any level on the Patreon. There is stuff for everybody at every tier level. Let's also give a shout out to Irving, another one of our longtime listeners, always super engaged, reaching out with great theories and comments and questions. We love engaging on the internet with you, Irving, and thanks so much for being a patron. And supporting me in many of my craziest things. <laughs> Thank you, Irving. Last but certainly not least for this episode, Jamie, who said that this podcast was one of their top favorites, and they were really excited about the book club episodes for the year of Sanderson. You too can join up at the $5 tier to get the early access episodes. It would be great. And new patrons are given extra special bonus perks. Check them all out on Patreon. But for now, I am really excited to talk with all of you about perhaps the most interesting aspect of Tress, the magic system. Exactly. The introduction, kind of reintroduction in a lot of ways of Aethers and their byproduct on Tress's planet, the spores. Yeah, I mean, you said that this is a magic system, and it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't. It's also kind of just the environment of the planet, because these are Aethers as we have never seen them before. And as I assume, they're probably also not seen throughout the Cosmere. So while this story gives us a lot of insight 
into where we might be going in the canon Cosmere with Aethers, this is also an outlier to that canon. I absolutely agree. It's almost like Tress's planet of Lumar is like our Galapagos Islands, a region so remote that the life forms and the environment that exists there exists nowhere else. And we see that in the yeah, quote-unquote magic system. But today we are going to be talking more about the kind of fundamental nature of Aethers rather than what Tress becomes, you know, a magic user or an Aether user. We'll, we'll save some of that conversation for another day. But instead, just looking at these 12 moons of Lumar and the way that those Aethers the moons, the oceans, the 12 seas are all interacting. So, Brooke, let's just dive in because we have plenty of notes oh, on yes. the spores of Lumar. So the moons of Lumar have been overrun with a deviant version of the Aethers. And as you said, there are supposedly 12 types. So the number of types of Aethers have dramatically expanded since Aether of Night. So that's sort of our first big departure. And then we have this quote, the moons are home to a group of voracious entities known as Aethers. Though the true Aethers on other worlds have a symbiosis with people, the ones on your moons have become insatiable, aggressive, and fecund, end quote. So these really are not Again, Aethers as we would see them elsewhere throughout the Cosmere, and is a bit different than other forms of, I don't want to call them investiture because maybe there's something else, but a different type of magic that is more parasitic than other things that we have seen. That's a really good point. And I mentioned this in our first episode about Tress, the concept that the one-two introduction from the Lost Metal and Twinsel, and then Tress and the Emerald Sea, as well as the other seas of this world, and these Aethers, I think was done really purposefully, even though it mm. didn't happen that way from a writing perspective. We know mm -hmm. that Tress was written long before the Lost Metal was written, and that Brandon approached these two as very different stories. It does seem as a delivery mechanism, we got Twin Soul and like what an Aether relationship can look like. Mm -hmm. And then we got this world where the Aether relationship is quite different. Yes, absolutely. Here's another quote. Quote, the Aethers up above are rampantly self-propagating and each is connected to a primal element, vegetation, atmosphere, silicate, end quote. And we'll get a little bit more into those specific primal elements. I mm -hmm. find that quote really interesting when we start diving into the different types of Aethers that we have seen on Tress's world. But as you're mentioning Twin Soul, these are still connected to that like primal source, which Twin Soul sort of talks about being connected to, I think it's a capital T, like true Aether, mm -hmm. uh, Selajana for Twin Soul. I'm curious if these Aethers on the moons, yes, they are, quote, deviant, but are they still connected to that capital T true Aether as well? Exactly. Or because have they been like completely separated? 
Twinsel described a kind of hive mind situation uh-huh. where he is connected to Selajana and Selajana is connected to all the other individuals, giving them some type of view or experience of what Twinsel is experiencing. And therefore, I think the question you ask, are these still connected or have they been cut off right. is what I was hinting at with the Galapagos Islands. Like the islands of the Galapagos oh. can still be visited by birds and different, obviously, humans when they show up on ships and whatnot, versus an entirely different planet or or something so far away that there can be no interaction whatsoever. I don't know where we're at. Are they just on the sea of the Aether and they happen to be particularly far away from everyone else? Or are they completely and totally cut off, unable to have that hive mind-esque communication. Well, or it's just creating a separate hive mind. Certainly a hive mind within... Yes, I think everything on Lumar is a hive mind, and there is probably a good amount of evidence from the text to back that up. But it's its own thing. It's not connected back to the capital T true Aether. That is where I I think think we're questioning right now, and we don't have that answer, but I think it's going to be important to explore, especially in my view, as we think Tress is happening long in the future, maybe era four of the Cosmere. And we then have to wonder, are these spores going to be removed from the planet like a valuable resource as the AVR are being removed from first of the sun in the far distant future? Yeah, that's an interesting question. It doesn't seem like it would be as valuable maybe as something like an AVR because these specific types of aethers are not able to be bonded, but we'll get into that in a moment. I think we have a couple more great descriptions of the spores themselves because we have the aethers that we're talking about in a lot of detail, but the byproduct of the aethers are their spores acting right, which far- is primarily how we experience the aethers in Tress. Exactly. And they are distinct. Quote, though sometimes described as dust, aether spores are thicker, more like fine sand, so they don't float around in the air like dust does without a strong breeze. End quote. I believe that this is important, and if any of you have not seen the video that was made with Brandon Sanderson and famous YouTube personality Mark Rober describing the fluid dynamics of this process where they use sand in their example, but then demonstrate how the oceans on Lumar are able to be sailed upon and, you know, they use some small toys and trinkets and whatnot to demonstrate how things really can like move through a seemingly non-liquid material. And that's what we have here in these spores. They act very similar to grains of sand. In that process of fluidization. Yes, of course. And then as the fluidization ends, that's when we have a moment of the seethe and Mm -hmm. the seas stop moving entirely. And you can, again, witness this in action of just if they turn off that air compressor, everything stops, becomes more solid. The items become grabbed and gripped and nothing moves. I think this points to a 
very interesting Cosmere connection that we'll get to in a little bit. But would you hit us with another bit of physical descriptions of the spores? Quote, the tiniest hint of a catalyst, water in this case, and they pull investiture directly from the spiritual realm to explosively germinate. It's a remarkable process, end quote. And so as you alluded to, when I heard this, I started thinking that spores seem to operate very similarly to white sand in that they are using water in order to perform a function, a, you know, quote unquote, magical function. And if there is a person involved, they drain that person of water. And then I thought, is white sand a spore? Like, did it start on Tress's world and then get, like, moved to Taldane or <laughs> something? I don't know. Why are they similar? I believe the question, why are they similar, is really important. And the answer to that question, while I don't have it, I think will be significant to the Cosmere. My soft speculation is that no, the sand on white sand is not a spore. It is legitimately sand. However, I also think that Brandon is kind of playing around with this concept. It could be something that he revisits in light of mm -hmm. Tress. Yeah. But the original description of the magical process going on with white sand is that Taldane is bathed in the light of autonomy in the sun and that sun on day side yes on day side of course those sun rays from autonomy are hitting the day side sand and on that sand there is a bacteria that reacts to and is able to harness or kind of like soak up the investiture from the sun after and only after it travels through the intestines of the gigantic sandworms that move oh, around yeah. that entire planet. So it is a byproduct well, the, of... The microbes are from the sandworms, sandworms right? Exactly. So the sandworms mm. eat sand, leave and excrete a byproduct, including the bacteria, onto the extra sand, and then the bacteria soaks up the investiture from autonomy who is also the sun in right. that system right now i think that leaves one big connection that is possible which is a bacteria is not altogether different from a fungi spore they're definitely different oh, and they are uh -huh, completely uh -huh. separate on our planet biologically but i think that we could maybe think of them in this instance as the same. The spores are like the bacteria on the sand from Taldane. Well, I think maybe the the biggest thing to take away as the connection between these two things is that these are both quote unquote magic systems that mm -hmm. do not operate on a bond system. Like on Taldane, yes, you have to learn and practice in order to wield the sand and you know there is sort of a practice element on Tressa's planet as well but both of these are cases where the physical item itself mm -hmm. is invested and there is not so it's not like it's where the metal is not the thing that's invested it's like this process that happens through genetics and 
coming through the spiritual realm and whatnot, like within an individual. This is investiture that exists like completely by itself in a physical object, I think which that, is interesting. I think it's really important to point that out because when it comes to this concept of democratization of superpowers across the Cosmere, it's more valuable to have something like spores or white sand than it is to have a bonded pair of an honor spren on Rashar because all it takes for someone to use the magic system on Lumar is knowledge. And right. the same goes for well, white sand. And water. Yeah. And you, water very important to not I dying that, in both of these cases. I do think that that is the key aspect that makes this like a Cosmere thing is there's still a requirement of a connection to the physical realm, even though the magic doesn't require a bond in the same way. Mm -hmm. It's still in need of a direct conduit from the physical realm. In this case, water. And it just says like, I need water because I exist as a invested thing, the single spore. Well, but it exists as a physical thing too. It is, but it's clearly also more connected to all three realms. And I feel like the water in that relationship is the exchange that's happening where on Rashar with the Spren bond, the exchange that is happening is far more complex because it has to do mm. with sentience sure. and that growth of both individuals simultaneously. Yeah, there's it, like a more mature yes. level of exchange happening. Whereas in the case of Tress and with the spores, it's simply a very functional exchange of water is required for this action to take place or this reaction. And I think along with that, it's also less powerful and like less reliable. So, you know, it's it's balanced in that way. I have a lot of questions and thoughts about all of this that we're going to get more into as we continue to dive into the properties of these spores. So let's keep going. As we mentioned, there are 12 types of spores that we hear about that are known in world. But we do get this super interesting passage that there's a legend that there are actually 13 spores, which, of course, immediately I was like, well, it's got to be actually 13, right? Like, we listen to the legend, of course. Always follow the legend. Yeah, except there is actually a 2020 word of Brandon saying that the Aether world is a 12 world. So numerically, it's more associated with 12. Correct. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Like Scadrill is a 16 world. Supposedly, Aether world is a 12 world. So I'm not sure what, to what, I, what I think. But because the, that's a pretty recent word of Brandon. Yes. And clearly, it's simultaneously when he was secretly writing exactly, Tress yeah, as well. Yeah. I so think, maybe that's sort of a product of the fact that these are deviant spores. That's the question is, is he talking about Lumar or is he talking about Twin Soul's home planet? Yeah, I think he's talking about Twin Soul's home planet. Then perhaps this is just a bit of speculation, but it might not be that Lumar is a world of 13, but it is the 13th Aether. It is the one oh. that broke the mold mm. for the Aether world. And you could have a, a Zeth Sun Sun Volano who's like, 
I'm the new Aether in town. And the 12 original Aethers are like, you're not a true Aether. We banish you. And they find themselves to Lumar. I don't think so. Set up I a mean, huge copy of <laughs> the 12 world system. But secretly, there's 13. Let's go to the legend. Because instead of my silly speculation, yeah. let's go to the speculation of the people in world about what's going on. Quote, there are 12 seas, Anne explained as she sat on the railing of the ship, knocking her heels rhythmically on the wood, and therefore 12 kinds of spores. How could you not know that? I lived all my life in a little mining town, Tress explained. Yes, we always talked about there being 12 seas and 12 moons, but I've learned so much in the last few days, I figured I should confirm things like that. She's right to ask, Anne, Fort said, holding up his sign. There are, after all, 13 kinds of spores. No, there ain't. Anne said. Don't you be spreading that lie. It's not a lie, he wrote. It's a legend. Different thing entirely. Nonsense is the proper term, Anne said. People can't even make up their minds on what color bone spores are supposed to be. White or black or both. Listen, Tress, there are 12 kinds of spores. End quote. So there we have it. Merely a mention of a 13th kind of spore and immediately ridiculed by Anne, but Anne's only one person and not necessarily full of knowledge. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think we are legitimately in a position where we do not know what to believe. The fact, of course, of 12 moons and there being 12 aethers associated with them does make a lot of sense and is one of those logical things that feels very comfortable to go along with right up until the moment Brandon pulls the rug out from under us and has some type of reveal about like, oh, the thing you thought was I a think surprise. I just figured it out. Literally right now. It happened. Mic. It happened right now. I saw it in her eyeballs. <laughs> Tell me. Okay. I was thinking, what if this 13th quote unquote spore is, you know, something different entirely, something like a, a god medal or something that has been imported. And then I went imported white sand. Is it white or black or both? It's white sand. White sand has been imported to their planet. Obviously, they think it's a spore because it looks the same. It's a sand. But it is both white and black, depending on if it is invested or not. I figured it out, you guys. I did it. That's an incredible poll. And I completely agree with it. But therefore, let's take that logic and just say you're 100% correct, that they are confused about white sand and what they call bone spores. Yeah. That means that there are only 12 spores. Yes, correct. I and think this is a mistake. Are... They just don't know what the last one is. Exactly. Okay. And I just wanted looks, to flesh and out. And it looks like a spore, mm -hmm. right? Because it's sort of sandy. Sand, yes. But this makes sense why it would not have its own ocean, wow. its own moon, et cetera, et cetera. It's obviously somewhere else on the planet. It's not. It doesn't have its own sea like all of the other spores. Mm-hmm. White sand. Wow. Just mic drop, walk away. I did it. There certainly are other moments from the text that backs this up. Yes. And I think it's important to make the connection with what Anne and Fort are talking about in this instance when it comes to bone spores and your revelation of this being white sand is because the legend is stating that there is a spore that does not have an associated sea that goes along with it, or we could assume an associated moon that goes along with it. Yeah, I think that's the rubbing point between Anne and Fort. Anne is coming from the mainstream 
thought, which completely makes sense. It's based on the physical world around them, the thing that their whole world can like see clearly and collectively agree upon. We have 12 moons. We have 12 seas. You know, at least someone, many people that you've met have probably been to a different sea than you. Like you have a lot of ways of confirming that those things are correct for the collective. However, if there is an imported type of spore doesn't have its own ocean, doesn't have its own moon. It's, you know, hanging out somewhere. Maybe it's on a beach. Maybe it's just like in a jar in a temple hidden in the woods or something. And Fort, I'm thinking of him kind of like uh, Teft, part of a sort of secret group maybe that has this knowledge that nobody else has who's seen it and says, we have 13, but because no one else has seen it and it doesn't fit within the paradigm that is very clearly established on their world, they disbelieve. I think that is the perfect description and may have just broken open the cosmic. I don't know if this has been talked about elsewhere. You may have figured this out for everyone. You might have heard it here first, kids. Yeah, you guys could be on the cutting edge. (laughs) When it comes to all of these different spores. Let's go through the ones that we know and kind of talk about them in detail. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the types of spores that we do know and a little bit of context around them. First, of course, we have verdant spores, which form the Emerald Sea. They are uh, based in that like fundamental uh, essence of vegetation, I mm-hmm. believe is what it says in the in the text, but like plants. And this is an aether we've seen before. It's basically completely unchanged from Aether of Night. Which we know a lot of people haven't read because it's not canon Cosmere. We do have an episode though about those four primal aethers from Aether of Night, right? So this would be one that has that similarity. I kind of imagine it visually as what Wendell looks like in the physical world as he is moving around. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, get some cultivation Night Watcher vibes from the verdant growth patterns. Yeah. And I certainly am left to wonder if... We are dealing with the situation of a unique power, or is it more of a primal power? And just to kind of clarify the difference between those two, I would say that a unique power on Rashar would be the Spren Bond, where a primal power might be the manifestation of Spren in the physical world in the first place, where it's like Spren can exist, but in order to make that superpowered you need the involvement of the shards in this case are the aethers more primal where they're just kind of like oozing out you know investiture into the physical world and they're coming through as aethers Uh or are they a reflection of something like big and unique i think it's so hard to say because we don't because theoretically anyway aethers do not fit in the paradigm that we know so far in the Cosmere, because theoretically, Aethers are not connected to Adonalsium and operating on completely different principles. They're not from a shard. So I think it's really difficult for us to speculate on that type of thing. It seems to me like Aethers would be 
closer to a shard. Like each type of aether would be like a quote unquote shard, mm-hmm. you know, uh, each having its own personality. Sure. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, obviously, Twin Souls, true aether has its own name. So I think we can apply that to all of the true aethers. They do clearly have a physical presence in the world where they're not, you know, producing something cognitive like a spren, which is what we would expect if it was just investiture leaking into the world and becoming a little bit physical. Mm -hmm. They're clearly very physical, like able to be completely touched and active in the physical world. But then they also have, like you said, sort of a hive mind or more spiritual cognitive connection because the aethers on Lumar are able to send water back to their like parent aether on the moon mm-hmm. somehow through a completely unknown unseen mechanism. Okay, now I know we're about to get real crazy and I, I don't want to, but I'm just going to throw out a couple of words. You guys bookmark those and we'll come back to them in just a moment here because I think there's a big similarity between Aether's, Dawn Shards, and Brandon's other non-Cosmere work, Skyward. (laughs) Now, everybody is going to question me. They're like, Tyler, what are you talking about? I don't understand. But we have to go through each one of these spores. Okay. So we'll we'll get back to your crazy Cosmere theories. Ooh, the best corner in the entire history of Cosmere conversations is rosite connected to rock or earth. The spores form the rose sea. And rosite in Tress's world is what we knew as amberite in Aethers of Night. Again, one of those four primal ones brought over. And I think that Rosite is also the power that Twinsel has most yes. on display. Yeah. And so Selajana should be thought of as an aether of Rosite. Yes. I believe that this connection is really important, especially when you get into some of the unique properties of Rosite. Rosite is specifically said to be particularly good at resisting silver, which we will get into, and it can also stay in one place for a while, longer than other aethers that when they grow from the water, they tend to crumble after that water is used up much quicker than Rosite does. Yeah, Rosite forming more of a rock or stone and being longer lasting than even the other. I wonder if our next spore, the Zephyr, is more quick to disintegrate uh, because of its connection to air. Sorry to preface that one, but just jumping to the next one. Zephyr connected to the air and wind, the spore of the Sapphire Sea. Yeah, interesting. I thought that Well, just interesting in general. Zephyr being this, like, it releases a burst of air, Mm -hmm. kind of like this little, yeah, puff. It provides a catalyst for different things that Tress works on. Uh, I didn't originally imagine it as blue, so I was surprised to hear that the sea that it goes in is sapphire. Well, I wonder if it's like our world where the sky is blue. And so then Zephyr is more of a reflection of the sky rather than a pure true blue 
like mm-hmm. sapphire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More and it would like just be the only paler blue. Yeah, it would be the only quote unquote ocean on their planet that looks <laughs> yeah, like, like an, an ocean. ocean. <laughs> but that would be for the same reason here that Zephyr is more clear like water is on our planet, just yeah. reflecting the mm. blue of the sky. Interesting, interesting. And then next we have crimson spores, which are in the crimson sea. We don't really know what like fundamental force crimson is corresponded to. However, I'm going to jump out and just say fire because it would go along but with these other primal. they don't produce fire. Oh, I know they don't produce fire. But I just want it to go along so then I can have more connections back to the Avatar The Last Airbender universe. Everything is just around the four basic elements. Well, we kind of do because I'm going to jump. We also have sunlight spores, which we don't actually see, but we hear about. They fuel the ship's oven. And so presumably they produce heat. So I would say that one is closer to a fire fire, slash light, you know, type of fundamental force i'm sorry for making you jump in that fashion (laughs) what i wanted to get at and what i was hoping to make the connection to is the question of is crimson one of the other aethers brought over from aether of night oh no it is not crimson is brand new it produces quote red spines sharp as a needle end quote so again it's like kind of unclear what that would be B, although now I'm remembering that that original quote also mentioned silicate Mm -hmm. as a potential source thing. I don't really know what silicate is. Would crimson be silicate? Silicate is a combination of silicone and normally oxygen and another type of metal. And it's great for getting these like nice long bonds of things that create Earth. It's like most of uh, the crust uh of the planet that we reside on Hmm. and so i think it's kind of similar to maybe the rock aether right yeah far more sharp and pointy Hmm. or is it like a metal ish it certainly can be because it's going to depend on how and why it's being processed down yeah 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 but i think it's like yeah you're gonna have like that's at least a contender for crimson i would agree i think that it makes sense as the main connection point And I think dangerous, certainly. And that's what we see it as. Yes. It is said to be one of the most catastrophic seas for the sailors. And I just want to throw out there to our book club listeners, let us know what fundamental thing you think Crimson is coming from. Let's talk about our next super dangerous type of spore ocean. Of course, the Midnight Sea or the Midnight Spores. So fascinating yes they presumably are made of midnight essence which who else's little ears perked up like a rabbit when they heard that in the book raise your hand (laughs) this is i think exactly the same as the aether of night from that story uh in aether of night however the midnight essence is used for like motion or transportation that does not seem to be the case anymore yeah we don't see it in that same way so it's definitely had a major rewrite yeah but i do think that the way we do see it be used as a mechanism for creating these midnight creatures the midnight essence creatures that can be given basic commands as well as mentally controlled from afar that's not altogether different from a 
kind of transportation of the mind, a (laughs) kind of mental projection, if you will, a way to extend your thought into a more distant object through the midnight essence. Hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. I feel like this is not, you know, not something based in a thing that we know of in our world, but is Cosmere specific. I found this quote really interesting. Quote, midnight essence in all its different forms looks for a pattern, a model. It often takes a cue from its creator or host. End quote. Obviously, we have seen Midnight Essence in the Stormlight Archive on Rashar. So my thought is, is this like an Aether that has traveled to Rashar and then was unmade and like used for evil? Or maybe just the quote, unmaking, is that Aether being controlled by Odium or something? So you're saying the Midnight Mother that Shallan faces off is connected to this midnight essence and these midnight spores. Because we do see that one flashback that Dalinar, well, Dalinar's vision, Mm -hmm. that is a flashback of the town that's being rampaged by midnight essence creatures. I completely agree. And I would think... So maybe the midnight mother is, you know, the the mother mother Aether. The the true Aether? Yeah. That would be a wild connection if the unmade because we've had so many questions about what are the made what are the unmade yeah what is going on with these people if the answer was that they're something more primal than the shards themselves there has been a lot of speculation in my mind about are the made slash unmade products of cultivation and honor or something that predate them? Are they Rasharian in nature, or are they only from the shards? I have started to think that our our little human brains mm-hmm. that so comprehend. want things to be like categorized and like neat and clean and everything to fit in their own little boxes in sets are doing us a disservice. And I say that because that is my brain to the max. Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to think that the unmade are like have no relation to each other that the unmade is just a collection of miscellaneous things that odium took and corrupted and used as a weapon so maybe one of them used to be an aether and one of them used to be a spren and one of them used to be something else completely and they actually have like no original relationship to each other they all just get lumped into this like miscellaneous box of unmade things that odium is using that's really interesting especially as we start to get more information about just like how many different power and powerful entities there are throughout the cosmere this introduction of aethers i believe is a another good like we should question what we previously thought we knew i do still think there is some similarity and it might just be their weakness just stay with me here for a second. If there was, for example, the true Midnight Aether who was hanging out on Rashar, and Odium found a weakness so that they could unmake this true Aether, maybe realizing the weakness was there in the Midnight Mother demonstrated other creatures across Rashar where that weakness also existed. So basically he'd oh. go around to everything that had this 
particular type of weakness. On Skadriel, it would be the two spikes allowing you to be controlled by Ruin. Uh That's that particular type of weakness. So I'm just saying, I kind of want there all to be a similarity in the weakness that they have. But what you're saying is they don't have to necessarily start from the same point just to have the same weakness. Sure. Yeah, basically. So many mind-blowing things happening. I'm so glad we had this spore conversation. I know. Lots of good things coming out of this one. You um, jumped ahead earlier and talked about the sunlight spores, getting us our firebenders into the equation. Yep. I think that this is correlated to the Illuminous Aether in Aether of Night, but they're pretty different. So that's like a, a loose connection. And then, of course, we have bone spores, which we have already debated. Yes. And the the legend of the bone spores spores not necessarily coinciding with a sea of bone spores but we do believe that there are sea spores or spore seas for each of these other aethers yes for the 12 aethers that are coming from the 12 moons there are 12 seas and then there's a 13th rando quote-unquote aether which is actually white sand which does not have a sea it's just chilling somewhere and so i like how you've saw now you've discovered and have now become a full-on i am 100 convinced this is my best cosmere call to date this of course leaves us with several spores slash seas that we don't know the names of or right. what they are yes and so we only have guesses for i'm the rest very of these. curious if any of the ones that we don't see in book are some of the Aethers that we see in Aether of Night. The ones that we're missing from that book, from Aether of Night, are the metal Aether, which is called Ferris. Mm -hmm. It turns people into mechanical contraptions. That is like the way that the world in Aether of Night has lights and transportation and buildings, basically any type of thing that we would call technology is a human being who has a ferrous aether bond and is turned into a metal beast. And then there is the animal aether, which is called beasterin. And we don't see that at all in Tress. Those both seem a little out of character for Tress's world. Like they wouldn't really fit in with the aethers that have been established. I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a metal type aether and spore, but it might be completely different from the one we saw in Aether of Night, which I find curious because in that Aether of Night episode, we speculated that those ferris bonded people were going to be really important because Brandon has specifically said that aethers are central to space age Cosmere. And it seemed like that was a no-brainer. Like, obviously, the metal people who make technology are going to stick around from the original Aethers. I think we should maybe question that bit of speculation on our part. But I really believe that what we should focus in on are the combinations of different spores and the fabrials that were being created by Tress Throughout this story, I believe this is the real secret. I mean, we have a couple of spores here that are, you know, dealing with primal elements. We have light and heat and growth from vegetation. We have catalysts that are immensely powerful. And therefore, if you can somehow capture that power, you may be able to utilize it in 
the you know the yeah. incredible demands of space travel but i i also think that it could be midnight essence there there's something oh. weird going on now i want to bring it all the way back around to the old bookmark that we dropped a while ago okay tyler is a crazy cosmere conjecture corner the alliterations never end but also please know that we have several more pages of notes on spores we went off on a couple of tangents we got a little sidetracked we're going to end with a crazy connection corner but we have more information about the spores and so if you have thoughts on what the spores mean how they connect or how they will be used in the future of the cosmere reach out to us on patreon and expect our next episode for the book club to also be talking about spores. Yeah, give us all of your thoughts and theories, and maybe we'll be able to squeeze those into our next episode. Also, tell me how smart I am for my white sand call. Okay, you're going to tell Brooke how smart she is for her white sand call, and then you're going to tell Tyler how smart he is for his how midnight crazy. essence call. <laughs> okay, okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Remember back to the bookmark. I said... Aethers from Tressa's world, Dawn Shards, mm-hmm. and Brandon's other non-Cosmere work, the Skyward series. Yes. Now, I'm not going to completely spoil the Skyward series, but I will merely mention that it has to do with mushrooms that are able to connect deep throughout space and time, right? You'll back me up on this? Yeah. That the mushrooms are connected like throughout the entire, not just planet, that they're on, but throughout the entire universe. And they're like subspace that they have in that world. Yeah, I think that's right. What if the Aethers are the mushrooms of the Cosmere, the fungi of the Cosmere? Aethers are connecting through the three different realms of the Cosmere, weaving themselves between the physical, cognitive, and spiritual, and this allows them to exist on multiple planets, multiple places, all at once. The hive mind that we've talked about is a fungal-esque connection where the passage of water seemingly from a planet to a moon, Mm -hmm. unconnected by any physical space, doesn't need to be connected by physical space because it travels along the route through the three different realms of the Aethers themselves. Right. It's like threading through all of the realms at once. Exactly. As something that is tangible, physical, able to react as fungi do when it is threatened in one spot and it needs resources in one spot it can draw those resources from all around including from its species that it has infested or or taken over however you want to say that like if there are mushrooms on a tree it can pull nutrients out of the tree and then deliver them through parasitic well, you know, parasitic symbiotic is maybe how another word... What are they giving back to the tree? They are giving the nutrients and the network that the trees are benefiting from. I think trees have their own network. No, no, no. The tree's network is the fungal network. It is a symbiotic relationship where everything is working together. I'm getting real pocus hungry. Okay. Well, I'm... regardless... <laughs> I think that that's a good call in terms of the way that the Aethers are situated in the realms. I find that very interesting. My connection to the Midnight Essence 
then is that the ability to project your thoughts, project the desires and kind of like control uh-huh. those creatures that you send out is doing the exact same thing. It's connected to the original person. The Midnight Essence is inside of Tress and she is communicating with that network or like via the Midnight Essence network to the little rat moppets how that it would makes. that even work in the exact same way that it passes water along the network no but how did it get inside of tress she agreed to it is my supposition is that oh you think she just like popped a spore in her mouth not like in that direct of uh, a sense of just mm-hmm. like popping pills but i think that the relationship is probably symbiotic in that realm too Maybe not. Maybe it's a maybe it's a taking over type of mushroom, a parasitic one, a, uh, a Last of Us for those of you who are watching that HBO series. Yeah, we're gonna talk more about the bonding nature yes. of the aethers in our next episode. So then we'll kind of tag back on this and why I think you're wrong. <laughs> Thank you all so much. It has been lovely to explore Tress. As we've talked about, one of my favorite Cosmere stories, it seemed like everything was just done right. It was a great story, really loved the characters, but also it introduced so much Cosmere stuff without ever being expositionary or or really just like relying on heavy chunks of exposition. Like, this is how yeah. this works, blah, blah, blah. No, it was just all kind of like naturally happening and occurring. And I think that's what leads to these great discussions. Absolutely. It's so good. Thank you, everyone, for being here for the book club with us. Please do send us all your messages, your comments about your thoughts on this topic. Clearly, we have a lot of thoughts about it so give us yours and until next time life before death strength before weakness journey before destination 